RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Uh, Our Buccaneers season is over, but football is hardly over. There's a lot of things that happen in the offseason, and we try to stay on top of them. Free agency, uh, usually there's combine, individual workouts, things like that. Things have changed during COVID times, but we're going to stay on top of things, and uh, we'll have some interviews as well and do some interesting things in the offseason to Keep the Buccaneer juices flowing because they certainly are flowing right now after that big Super Bowl victory. Now, we had uh, an unfortunate loss last week when, uh, I mean, I heard it on air while I was on air on Monday, the unfortunate passing of uh, Vincent Jackson. And, you know, I, I considered Vincent a friend of mine. You know, we weren't close buddies, but anytime I needed him for something business-wise, I would hit him up and he was good for it. Um, well-liked and well-loved in our community. I mean, haven't heard many bad stories about Vincent Jackson. Haven't yet. All right. Now, the unfortunate part is, you know, looking at all the details from the situation, you know, having you know been in the league for a while and heard some stories, you know, we came, we got on air on Monday. We were having a good time. And then uh, my, you know, co-hosts, you know, Jay Retcher, he said, uh, Vincent Jackson. And I said, well, what's going on? And he told me about his passing. And then when you read about the particulars, the first thing comes to my mind is CTE, the first and foremost. And we talked about it briefly on Monday and all the way through the week. And we had some people say that it was irresponsible for us to be talking about that prematurely. Uh, I have to disagree wholeheartedly. When an NFL player, as well-liked as he was, and as established as he was, and as loved as he was, um, ends up dying in a hotel by himself. You don't see an issue with that? Now, Vincent Jackson was supposedly in that hotel for over a month, by himself, in Brandon, in a seedy motel, by himself. Nobody around him saw him anywhere. There's no stories of him being in any bars. There's no stories of being walking around anywhere. It was just Vincent Jackson in a hotel for a month. If that doesn't stink of something, uh, then you're not looking. Now, think about this. He's away from his family for a month. His beautiful family, his beautiful wife, his beautiful kids. For a month, something's going wrong. Something's happening mentally. And something happened, obviously, with his relationship. But for Vincent Jackson to be 38 years old, strong as an ox, I mean, he looked, he always looked great. For him to pass in a hotel room by himself, I hope some signals go on. Uh, it's not wrongdoing, just shenanigans and tomfoolery, which equates to CTE, unfortunately. It, it just does. And listen, I've read up on CTE for, for quite a while now. A good friend of mine, Tom McHale, passed from CT way, way back when, when he just got out of the league. And as I read up on it, I realized, like, it's not about concussions. It's about repeated, you know, trauma to your head. And listen, football is a traumatic sport. And as an offensive lineman, it's, you can't help but hit with your helmet. There is no other way to doing it. And I believe they said today, former NFL 
uh, wives and families submitted 111 brains to the NFL. 111. And by the way, uh, Vincent Jackson's family donated his brain, which is telling you something. 111 brains were donated to the NFL, and 110 of them had CTE. If I don't need to do the the uh, uh, percentage for you. It's high, all right? So as I somebody, as I knock on wood, I feel good. I have some other compadres of mine who've been through a lot of things that I have been through, feel good. I also have a couple other buddies that played ball and you talk to them and they, they seem a little bit dark. And it's a, it's a tough situation for former football players, especially who were brought up their whole lives to be tough guys and not show weakness. Uh, I think that at times leads to the player's demise where I think that they're in pain and they're in, they're in this dark place all by themselves, not wanting to bitch and moan about it. And this seems to possibly be one of those situations. So rest in peace, uh, Vincent Jackson, who once again um, revered in this area. Uh, and if you look at him and what he had going on, if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. Keller Winslow Jr. was another name that has been through here, not quite so revered, uh, was a good football player, but probably didn't reach his potential. I mean, he just got 12 years in jail for rape charges. Keller Winslow Jr. Was, was caught a couple times, like in Walmart parking lots, relieving himself, all hopped up on synthetic marijuana. You know, those aren't, you know, rational moves from a former NFL player. When you cut his brain open, it ain't going to be good. I'm letting you know that in advance. So, you know, when, when you talk about former players and some of the things that they've done, is it an excuse? Absolutely not. But it's justifiable. It's justifiable. If your brain's jacked up, you don't know how you're going to be acting. Like I said, I've talked to a few of my old teammates, and they scare me sometimes because they talk about being in, in a dark place. So uh, let's hope they find out what exactly happened with Vincent Jackson down the way. It doesn't really matter. He's gone, and it's unfortunate. But it'd be nice to know that maybe he had some kind of situation going on. So if you hear any crazy stories between himself and his wife or any such, any things he was doing, once again, hopefully he'll be able to justify it. Now, there's always see some crazy trades been going on in the NFL. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts. Now, the Colts gave up a third, a second, and a possible first. Uh, <laughs> okay, for me, the Colts should have gotten picks for taking Carson Wentz. To me, Carson Wentz is the same as Jared Goff. You're taking horse crap off my hands, including this crazy big salary and this terrible quarterback. I've never seen a quarterback gassed up as much as Carson Wentz to not be a good quarterback. It's been a long time since Carson Wentz has been a good quarterback. And he hasn't come back since he took a couple big licks. He didn't come back being a good quarterback. He hasn't. And, you know, as we as Buccaneer fans, we watched Jameis Winston the last time he started here in his, in his full year. And let me tell you what Jameis Winston did in his full, last full year. 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 319 yards per game and an 84 passer rating. And now they're talking about Jameis Winston being a perennial backup. Would you like to know what Carson Wentz did? 
16 TDs, 15 interceptions, which is the equivalent of 33 and 30, 218 yards per game, which is a good 100 yards less, and his rating is 12 less than Jameis Winston. Oh, by the way, uh, Wentz was sacked 50 times, Jameis was sacked 47 times. So they're very similar quarterbacks. Wentz went 3-8-1, Jameis Winston went 7-9. and You know what the only discrepancy is? It's a big one. Carson Wentz makes $32 million a year and Jameis Winston made $1.1. For anybody to sit here and tell me Carson Wentz is the difference, you got to be kidding me. You're going to pay $32 million for Carson Wentz and give up draft picks? Carson Wentz is flawed. I watch a lot of Philadelphia Eagle. You know, I played for the Eagles for two years. I watch a lot of Eagle football. He's flawed. He's out there and everybody wants to blame somebody else when he is the biggest reason why they sucked. He got benched for Foles. He got benched for Jalen Hurts. Those aren't good quarterbacks. I don't get it. I never, I haven't gotten Carson Wentz yet. I still, I still don't get it. I still don't. If he turns into a good quarterback, great. But you paid $32 million and draft picks to see if this guy can play. And there's other guys out there who I, I would rather J- Jameis Winston than Carson, than Carson Wentz. I would rather Jameis Winston. And you're going to pay $32 million and jack up your cap for a kid that you don't know can play anymore. So that's their problem. Good riddance. Uh, but I didn't get that whatsoever. Now here we have Tom Brady here, this Buccaneer, you know, organization has changed to where We've become almost the New England Patriots, and other people want to come here to play and see if they can get themselves a championship, and that's a Tom Brady effect. J.J. Uh, Watt, who just got released by the Texans, had they gave Bruce Arians a call, gave Jason Light a call, said, hey, I'd be very interested in playing there. I don't see that happening because the Buccaneers need to take care of a lot of their, their own first, and they don't have buttloads of money. They really don't. So bring J.J. Watt in here. It's going to cost you, yeah, you know, $10, $15 million probably, which would be half of what the Bucks have. And the Bucks have a lot of decision-making to do. And they're not going to be able to sign everybody. Let's just get that straight right now. It's not going to happen. Jason Light, there's no way you can redo contracts or the, you can't sign everybody. It's not going to happen. Chris Godwin, I would love to see Chris Godwin stay here. I would love to. Franchise tagging if you need to. Uh, that'll be one year. It's not that big of a deal. Then, you know, see if we can figure something out later on. But it'd be nice to keep Chris Godwin, okay? If Chris Godwin goes, it changes the aesthetics of our whole offense. All of a sudden, you know, AB, you know, becomes more crucial to sign. Then we're putting more stock in some of these younger players that we don't know if they can play yet. You know, when you talk about Scotty Millers and Tyler Johnson, those are great four and five receivers. But once they become two and three, they're not going to be the same type guys. And, you know, Chris Godwin is one of those guys I believe is just is a good guy in the locker room and brings the right mentality to the Buccaneers. So that would be nice. Wouldn't shock me if we lost Chris Godwin. It wouldn't shock me. You got to make some decisions now. You know why we won a Super Bowl? Defense. It was defense. Dominican Sue mentality-wise is important to bring back. I I talked to you guys for years about mentality, and everybody wanted to be hugged up with Gerald McCoy. Now you see the difference in mentality. 
Now we got a, a defensive tackle that's knocking the shit out of Aaron Rodgers instead of picking him up off the ground and apologizing. That ain't the way you build a defense, people. We want a mean, nasty, son-of-a-bitch type of defense. And Dominican Sue helped bring that here. Everywhere Dominican Sue goes, the defense changes for the better. And everywhere Jerry McCoy's been, it ain't been worth a shit. Go look it up. We never stopped anything. We never stopped the run. You know, we didn't rush the passer. We didn't do much. I mean, and we stunk, period. Dominican Sue would be a nice person to retain. I would say Dominican Sue wants to come back. I don't, I don't want to speak for him. But I would see at the end of your career, to get another chance of winning two in a row, knowing the system, you know, picking up and moving is not fun. It's not fun for you. It's not fun for your family, your wife. Everybody wants to be comfortable. And then, you know, then you talk about Shaq Barrett. Now, Shaq Barrett is the wild card because everybody's going to want Shaq Barrett. Who wants 10 sacks? Who wants 12 sacks? Who wants the ability of getting 15 sacks? Everybody. And I mean everybody. Shaq Barrett's going to be a tough re-sign. Bucks got to figure out a way to keep him. Why do we win the Super Bowl? It wasn't anything but Mahomes being uncomfortable in that pocket. First and foremost, and Shaq Barrett is was probably the best rusher in the playoffs. Period. Got to keep him. Got to figure out a way to keep him. You'd like for him to want to be here, and I would think that he does, but he also wants to get paid. You, you don't need... Your marketability doesn't stay around for forever. Right now, he's marketable as hell. Love to see him stay. Figure out what you could do to make him stay. Don't know if they want to mess with that franchise tag again. Then you start having disgruntled players. Just figure out a way to keep him here. But once again, I think that's going to be the toughest one. Fournette, let him go. Let, let Fournette go, okay? Fournette was cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Had a good playoff. He's a running back. Let him go. Don't don't do not pay money for a running back, please. Do not. We have Rojo. Is there a big fall off between Rojo and Fournette? Not really. There's times this year where Rojo was just as good, if not better, than Fournette. Fournette ran his ass off in the playoffs. No doubt about that. Do not pay money to a running back. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even draft a running back in the first round. And I don't give a shit who it is. Doesn't matter. Very few running backs in in the league being that difference maker anymore. It just doesn't happen anymore. Give me a good offensive line. Give me a good tackle. Give me a good running guard. You know, and then, then we go from there. You know, he's expendable. Cut by the Jags. I mean, nobody else was running after him when he got cut by the Jags. AB, expendable. Expendable, although I wouldn't dislike him being re-signed. Because you got to figure that that anybody goes out to AB, it's buyer beware. And AB goes anywhere else, he may explode within three days. That's a possibility. The only reason why he lasted here is because Tom Brady had him by the hand, let him in his house, and, you know, babysat him the whole time. Without that, you just, you just don't know. So it's up to you whether you want to bolster that defense or keep that defense bolstered with Shaq Barrett, which I think is, is, is a necessity. Or you start going a little bit younger with Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, and you go elsewhere from, you know, Godwin and A.B. I would like for one of those guys to be retained. And as far as the running back position goes, let Fournette go, make it Rojo, and make it a rookie, and then we go from there. Keep on bolstering that offensive line, and if you keep on getting better at that offensive line, we're going to be just 
fine. If anybody has a question for me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Make sure you're listening to Beckles and Retcher on 95.3, 3 to 7, Monday through Friday. I got a bunch of other uh, podcasts as well. And uh, you never know, I'm always creating something. There may be more podcasts pop up here in the near future. But I appreciate you guys listening in. Buccaneers season, you know, it's over, but not really. Okay, you know, NFL is 24-7, 365, and 366 on a leap year. So I hope everybody is enjoying their offseason and figuring out ways to to watch crazy things on the weekend because I know I sure am. I don't even even know it takes 50 different sports to substitute for uh, football, but that is the case. But thank you for listening in, and uh, make sure you're popping in every single week to talk Buccaneer football because it never ends. Have a wonderful week, and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Jeff says, Chris, do you the GM of the Panthers, do you send three first-round picks and your star running back to the Texans for Watson? Let's think about it for a second. Let's have a little meeting in the draft room right here. So one of your picks, I believe they're picking eighth, Carolina. That's going to be part of the deal. So follow me here because it is technically true, three first-round picks. But what it really is, if you think about it, two first-round picks and the running back. Yes, I would trade Christian McCaffrey as part of a deal. Great player, makes a lot of money, and I'm not saying you can go down the street and get a Christian McCaffrey, but you can be good with – less commitment financially. And so, yes, I would trade Christian McCaffrey. But before you make your decision, understand that it would be Christian McCaffrey and two first-round picks. Because at the eighth pick, or perhaps in the second round, if they like somebody deeper in the draft, the eighth pick, they might take a quarterback. Do you take one of the quarterbacks in this draft with the eighth pick? Or would you take Deshaun Watson with the eighth pick? I think that's an easy decision. So in essence, you're taking your eighth pick, and that's part of the Deshaun Watson deal. So essentially, you're giving up two first-round picks in the future. Costly? No doubt, because you're still dealing with a first-round pick next year and the year after. There's some other options you can go to get some more picks, maybe get back in the first round in the future. But let me just say this. The Panthers need a quarterback will likely take a quarterback. And if they take a Mac Jones, a Trey Lance, what do they have? Potentially something good or a great quarterback that's in the elite category. There's probably a couple of other things I would try to do to sweeten that on my end, but I would consider it. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. Thank <laughs> you.